0: This is, Jamal. Jamal this, is <laughs> this is the Jamal Show.
1: Jamal C. Jamal. Jamal C. Jamal.
0: This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show.
2: I'm bringing it down now. Jamal. I am in the studio. Jamal. And I've got great news for you, my friends. And that news is that I woke up today in my right mind. Good morning, my friends, ladies and gents. If it's Saturday morning, it is the Jamal Show Live coming to you from WKND Studios in East Hartford, Connecticut. This is the place to get intelligent. Today, we will be getting you more intelligent about police interactions. I've been promising this show for a while now, so I am going to give it to you. If you stay with us, it's a very important show. I'm blessed once again to say good morning to the bishop, who is also alive and in the studio with me at WKND. Once again, the Jamal Show is the place to get intelligent. I am Jamal C. Wright, your host from Harlem. Thanks for being with us. Please like the Jamal Show on Facebook, and you can email us at jamalshowradio at gmail.com. You can also use that email address to partner with us or advertise any products you may have. We could use your support, and you could use ours. You didn't know that, did you? There's some propaganda for you. Don't forget that I am an attorney, and if you need my help, contact me at that address, jamalshowradio at gmail.com. You really should know by now that each and every episode of this show can be found in your favorite podcasting network, whether you like Google Podcasts or Radio Public, Apple iTunes, all over the world as a podcast. Just look for The Jamal Show. A few weeks ago, we had a great show about propaganda. Last week, we had a great show about suicide. Spoiler alert, it lived. That show lives on as a podcast that you can check out. Your support is greatly appreciated. As usual, we have a lot to talk about on the show. Each and every week, I scheme and plan on how to get you all more intelligent. I am an information addict, and I try to pass the fruits of my addiction on to you, power listeners. That's what this show is about. So get ready for some information, if you mind. Now, this week has been a busy one in the news, and I feel like I'm saying that every week, but it all makes sense if you look at the president. President Shakedown is well on his way to being impeached because of all his people in the State Department who are singing like canaries, and that's a good thing. As I have been known to say, there is a peach for everybody in impeachment of this president. Nobody deserves it better than a guy as dishonest as Donald Trump. And I may add, the polls are turning against him more. And some of his Senate Republicans are starting to feel the heat, I think, people. That's probably because the president and his agents keep admitting to crimes in public. So that's going to be an interesting uh, development in the next few weeks. We're going to move on. Because also this week, much more importantly than Donald Trump, we saw a funeral for a man who was quite the opposite of Donald Trump. That would be Congressman Elijah Cummings, personal hero of mine. That was yesterday, a very nice funeral, a whole lot of black faces. The audience looked a little bit like the executive board of the United Negro College Fund. It was old school like that. And I'm kidding. I kid because I love. The very best parts of the funeral were speeches given by President Obama and Congressman Cummings' wife. Her name is Maya Rocky Moore Cummings. Now, here's a surprise. Here's a big surprise for you. Obama gave an excellent speech. Most notably, he said that Maryland Congressman uh, Cummings showed us great examples with his life, and that is very true. Obama said that, and this is very pertinent, being a strong man includes being kind. There's nothing weak about kindness and compassion. There's nothing weak about looking out for others. There's nothing weak about being honorable. You're not a sucker to have integrity and to treat others with respect. Honorable is a title that we confer on a whole lot of people in elected office. A whole lot, he said, to applause. But Elijah Cummings was honorable before he was elected into office. I thought that that was very moving. Uh, That's what Obama said at Elijah Cummings' funeral. And I found it moving because it was a powerful and very true description of the late congressman who is now the first black congressman may I say in history to have his body lie in state in the Capitol. so that was a moving on tribute also his wife Eliza Cummings his wife Maya Rocky Moore Cummings I love that middle name so I'm gonna keep saying it Rocky Moore Rocky Moore it's like if you like uh Bullwinkle or Rocky Moore uh also made a great speech at her husband's funeral And it was really interesting for those who have been married, I have to point this out. If you saw her um, portion of the speech, you know when you have kind of like pillow talk with your partner, you ever tell your partner things or gossip about the people at your job or the business of other people, of other personal friends, you know. Maybe Uncle Bob got married to a stripper or other juicy stuff. It's all supposed to be confidential, right? So anything goes, you know, when you're talking to your partner in the bedroom or what have you. To so talking about life, talking about other people. So I feel like Mrs. Cummings released Elijah Cummings' pillow talk upon the world. Uh, Maya Moore Cummings told speakers and former presidents and cabinet members of presidents exactly what Elijah Cummings thought of them. It wasn't bad, but she did take a swing at the Trump. You have to listen for it, though. You really do. Uh, I have a clip for you. Let me let me see if you can hear it. Let me see if uh, Bishop, you with me? Yeah. Sled
3: uh, to all the leadership of the Senate and certainly the House. Nancy Pelosi. Thank you. <laughs> he considered you his mentor. <laughs> President Obama. He was so proud. He was so proud to stand with you and for you early, to be your co-chair here in the state of Maryland, to serve as your chief defense attorney on the House Oversight Committee, (laughs) and to make sure that you and your administration were all right. But you didn't have any challenges like we got going on now. So his job became harder over time. That being said, President Clinton, he was absolutely honored to be your friend. He counted you amongst his friends. When he invited you, you showed up. One of the proudest moments of his life when you came right here to New Psalmist Baptist Church and worshiped with us. We thank you so much. Secretary Clinton, oh my goodness. He spent many an hour defending you against spurious claims. And now he had to go on to actually work to fight for the soul of our democracy against very real corruption.
2: All right, so you heard that, right? I think, I might've lied. I said that she took a veiled swing at Trump, but that wasn't veiled at all, was it? That was pretty open, and uh, I found it interesting. You know, Obama's sitting there in front of her, and she's like, you know, Elijah Cummings fought for you. And, oh, yeah, Hillary, let me tell you, you know, he he fought for you against spurious claims. Don't we all know? Hillary's been trashed for 30 years, so we all knew that. I was actually surprised that uh, Elijah Cummings' wife kind of got into politics a little bit, but, hey, you know, it was her event. Moving on, we actually have a main topic today on the show, believe it or not, just to show you that I'm worth the pay that I'll never get. Before you turn the station and disgust, I do have a topic, and this topic may be especially relevant to you if you are black. I've heard that there are a few black people that listen to the station. Because we're talking about police interactions, and I'm not implying that anybody's guilty here. There's no need to get paranoid, but today, I really want to talk to those of my listeners who I've been or maybe will be on the business end of a police action. Now, it's been happening a lot lately. A, a, a seemingly innocent police interaction ends with an unnecessary arrest, or even a death. Two people in the last year, in fact, have been shot by police while just chilling in their own house. The truth is that at least there's been some more accountability these days, as opposed to when cops just shot people And planted guns on them like it was back in the 70s back in Harlem. Ask some older black men about that. They'll tell you all about it. But, you know, I've been there on the opposite side of police actions before. And I'm not going to lie to you. I've been innocent. I've been not as innocent. Never guilty. Because never would I admit to such a thing on the record. Uh, And I don't want anything to happen to you due to a police interaction. So when we come back after this break, let's get this first song ready. Um, when we come back after this break, I will be bestowing upon you my ten commandments of surviving police interactions. You are with the Jamal Show. I am Jamal C. Wright. Let's move on to music.
4: Police train black cop to stand on the corner and take
2: How you like that? Black Cop by Karis One, one of my favorite rappers, um, came out in 1993. Very, very relevant to the case at hand that I'm making today. Because today, we're talking about surviving police interactions or minimizing the damage from police interactions. Whether the damage be a ticket or a summons or an illegal search, when I say survive, I mean survive with your life and without a ticket. To start off, some of you may be asking yourself, how is it that I know anything about the law or police, such that I can be telling you anything? And that's a very valid question. I will say that outside of actually graduating law school and uh, working as a lawyer and studying cases, I've had the unfortunate benefit of being targeted by the criminal justice system, just like many other black men who grew up in the projects of Harlem. I've been unjustly arrested, prison, stripped shirts, and physically abused by cops. In fact, I used a settlement for the New York City Police Department to get myself a car, when I was in law school, turning about, talk about uh, turning lemons into lemonade, in my opinion, as unfortunate as it is, I have a fantastic resume for surviving police interactions. You can even add the fact that my mother was a municipal court judge in Philadelphia. So I was exposed to the reality of the criminal justice system from both sides, from both angles. Some of you may remember that my mother was the original attorney who got Meek Mill out of jail. And into house arrest. My mother was Judge Deborah Griffin. uh, Meek, if you hear this, hello, how you doing? Been a while. In any case, I'm a very wise reference to listen to when it comes to surviving police interaction. And I don't want to go into deep law with y'all, but I I want you to know that my greatest resource in all of this is the Bill of Rights. That would be the first ten amendments of the U.S. Constitution. In particular, there are three amendments that govern police interactions with citizens. And these apply in all 50 states. I'm going to go through them really quickly. Those will be the 4th, the 5th, and the 6th amendments. Now, the 4th Amendment is the Constitution's prohibition against unreasonable search and seizure. Very, very important. This is the reason why cops just can't stop you in the street and search you. The 5th Amendment is against self-incrimination. You can't be forced to be a witness against yourself. So you hear people say, I plead the 5th. That's what they're alluding to. You're allowed to shut the hell up, and that's a good thing, because of this Fifth Amendment. You always have the right to remain silent. You should always remember that. It's your biggest power. I always say, and this is very ironic. I always say that the government can execute you for a crime. They can. Uh, they can say this is a crime, and we're going to execute for you. This we're going to execute you if you commit this crime. But under the Constitution. The government can never make you say you're sorry. My mic's a little hot. You might want to bring it down a little bit. The Sixth Amendment's right to a lawyer is another one. That's So it's the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendment that pertain to cop interactions. And the Sixth Amendment has a right to a lawyer, among other things, um, including a speedy trial. Asking for a lawyer happens to be the best way to exercise remaining silent In a police interrogation. And we'll talk about that a little later. Police interrogations aren't fun. So having a magic word to get out of them is always very handy. And that's, can I speak to my attorney? Now, we're going to see how these laws help you in actual situations with police. So these are my top 10 commandments for surviving your next police encounter. Commandment number one, don't expose yourself. What does that mean? If you can avoid interaction with the cops in the first place, that's your greatest chance of surviving a police interaction. This means don't be stupid. If you're the type of guy who sometimes finds yourself transporting large sums of money across the United States in a car, in plastic garbage bags, for whatever reason, don't speed. Likewise, you may not want to drive drunk in that situation. To me, This is really easy. Don't expose yourself. Don't transport drugs with inspired tags on your car. It's literally better to walk the drugs than transport them in an inspired tag car. Let's let's talk about Timothy McVeigh. The man who bombed the federal building in Oklahoma City. He was captured on the highway because he was driving on the highway with no license plates. Now, I'm glad he was caught. But, you know... Not having license plates in your car suggests that you wanted to get caught, which is fine. Hey, do what you want to do. Just let you know what you're getting yourself into. Don't pay your sex worker with a personal check like Jerry Springer did. That's called exposure. Checks can be traced. You do that, you can't lie to your wife about it or the judge. Don't expose yourself by breaking into houses. Now's not the time to do that. That used to be the thing to do. But now, these days, it'll get you shot before the police even get there. If you're going to be a criminal, you got to choose crimes that won't get you killed quite as quickly. Don't leave yourself exposed. Everybody does something to break the law, whether it be jaywalking or robbing the nearest bank in their lifetime. But you don't got to be stupid. That's my point. Commandment two, to survive police encounters, keep your cool, man or woman but mostly men. Keep your cool, man. <laughs> this rule really applies to any emergency situation. Keeping your cool can help you survive not only a rogue cop, but also a plane crash. People die because of panic. Panic makes you emotional. It makes you not think straight. So you've got to keep your cool even if you've got three bodies in the car. Keeping your cool also means keeping your attitude under control. This is not the time to curse out the police union. I remember I remember when I was younger, I was driving with a friend in New York. His name is Jimmy. He's going to hear this story and know exactly what I'm talking about. It just so happened that this guy, Angel Diaz, had just shot a cop in the head. And me and Jimmy were driving through the neighborhood in the Bronx. And that's not really the time to be driving through. You know what I'm saying? Cops tend to be a little edgy when one of their own gets shot in the head. So they pulled us over. They said, look, man. You seem a little tipsy. We don't care. We just, we're just we looking for guns right now. We're going to get all the guns on the street today. We're going to get every gun off the street today. Let us search your car and we'll let you keep going, even though you're tipsy. Just make it home safe. I'm like, sure, cop, sure. My friend's like, you know what? You just pulled us over because we're black, man. I was like, excuse me, officer. Um, I just picked this guy up for a ride. I was like, Jimmy, I was like, yo, dude, if you don't shut up, I'm going to let them take you and I'm driving home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's not the time to um, to join a Black Lives Matter rally when you get pulled over by a cop, an angry cop at that. So you got to keep your attitude under control. You got to remember that you will not win an attitude contest with a cop on the streets. They have the power to arrest you and inconvenience you for just about anything. If a cop wants to arrest you, they can find something to arrest you for while you're in their jurisdiction. Save your attitude for the courthouse, big man. There, you can get a lawyer and you can show all the attitude you want. It's never smart to anger a human with a gun unnecessarily. The goal is to survive to see the judge. You can catch anyone on a bad day. And uh, you definitely don't want to catch a guy who's armed on a bad day. Keeping you cool means keeping both hands on the wheel when you pull over. It means letting the cops know you'll reach into your pockets for your wallet. Keeping you cool and remember that you may not have to show ID while you're, um, while you're walking on the street. But the rules are different from when you're driving. Driving is not a right. It's a privilege. So to ask you for your ID while you're driving, you got to show it. This is why if you have a warrant, you probably shouldn't even be in a car. If you have a, a a warrant, a bench warrant, or some kind of warrant for any crime that the key police suspect you of, being in a car is the most dangerous place you can be. They can always invade your privacy in a car. So uh, you might want to stay on your feet if the cops are looking for you. Keeping cool means keeping control of your attitude, your tone, and your body language. If you're acting nervous, remember this. It's easy for the cops with guns pointing at you to be nervous if you're nervous. Do you really want that? I bet you don't. Let me go into commandment three to surviving your next police encounter. Don't snitch on yourself. Let me say that again. A lot of people don't understand that, Bishop. I got to say it again. Don't snitch on yourself. This is quite simple. What people snitch on themselves all the time all the time if the cop stops you and asks you if you knew you were speeding the answer should be no no you didn't if you say you knew you were speeding guess what that means you were speeding you confessed to a crime might be a small crime traffic violation you confess to it that's like saying now you can give me a ticket for four hundred dollars and feel good about it because i did do this now if you happen to be a christian like the bishop here and you don't want a lot of the cop you can always say something else. You can say, what did I do? The cop says, did you know how fast you were going? Tell me, officer, how fast was I going? Th- you're not lying there. You're not even being, you're not even um, obstructing justice. Don't confess to speeding. Why would you do that? If the cops asked you what speed you were going, there's only one correct answer that I've ever heard. You can always plead the fifth. Say it as a joke, but the Fifth Amendment protects you from incriminating yourself for, for a $400 ticket. You don't have to admit to doing things. You can be like, yo, you tell me. If the cops ask you for an alibi, say they're investing a, uh, investigating a crime, which they always do, and they come to you and say, where were you on such and such day? Don't snitch on yourself by making up an alibi. It's better to give no answer than it is disnitching yourself by lying to them in a world full of cameras and cell phones. (laughs) It's much better to shut up and lie than lie. Shut up as opposed to lying. Exercise your right to remain silent by asking for an attorney. It doesn't matter if you think you can't afford one. The funny thing is, here's the ironic thing. If you shut up, you might not even need an attorney. All right? So, you know, remember, you can't talk yourself out of a police interrogation without asking for an attorney. A whole lot of people are in jail right now. Watch that show, The First 48. Almost all these dudes on that show go to jail for confessing. They could have been like, you know what? How about I let you do your own job, officer? You you find out who did it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what Trump is doing. Your president's doing that. You mean to tell me you're going to snitch on yourself for a lesser crime? Idiotic. We, we attorneys struggle so much with people that think they can talk themselves out of police interrogations and end up talking themselves into jail and then say, hey, can we get rid of that confession I gave? Hey, 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 lawyer, why can't you get me off? Just because I, get, I gave a confession? You can't work around a confession? No. Very, very difficult. Back in Harlem... Where I'm from, we have an old saying. We let the cops earn their paycheck. So what does that mean? That means if you're, you know, smoking a joint outside one day, you know, people break the law, what have you. And you throw it away and the cop says, hey, I just saw you throw that. Where is it? Show me where it is and I'll I'll let you go. I don't know, officer. You're the one with the flashlight. That's what I would say. Commandment four, to survive police encounters. Refuse all searches. Refuse all searches. There should never be two words put together like consensual search. What the, what the hell is that? In a Jamal world, there would never exist people who consent to government searches. Because there's no benefit to you from a blanket government search. That's like me coming to you at your front door and saying, hey, why don't you let me look through your house And see if I can find anything interesting to keep Like sure I want to cooperate with you Why would you want to cooperate with that it doesn't make any sense When I was younger I remember witnessing a teenager Get shot to death outside my window Up in the Bronx I was the first one to call the ambulance As usual You know always trying to save people You know that's me So the cops visited me to ask me what I saw Before I let them in I realized that I had a bootleg videotape in my living room. Now, this is back in the day when Americans used to use these machines called VCRs. It's, you can look it up on Wikipedia. If you don't remember, I'm sure maybe your grandmother can tell you about them. So these, these VCR machines had tapes that go inside of them and they were analog tapes. So, you know, you play, you press play and you had to rewind. If you wanted to, you know, go back to the beginning of the movie. Nowadays, you don't have to deal with that stuff. Thank God. But, This is back in the days of horses and buggies, right? So they came into my house. I had some bootleg videotapes, and he smiled, and he pointed them out. And I'm like, wow, they actually noticed that. They could have arrested me for that. It didn't happen, but they could have arrested me for that. I left myself vulnerable. Never let a cop voluntarily search your property, especially if it's a car. For one, here's some reasons for that. I'm going to give you some concrete reasons. And these reasons, <coughs> I need a cough button. These reasons are so important that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list them out for you. And you're going to be like, wow, these are good reasons. I'm going to make sure I don't do this anymore. For one, what if a friend of yours is irresponsible and left something that you didn't know about in your car? What if the previous owner of the car left a joint underneath the seat that you never found? You're going to get arrested for that, Pop. If the cops search the car while you're driving it, and you're like, sure, I want to be a good citizen. Go through all my stuff. Why not? They find something, it's yours. You can't be like, yo, that Uncle Bob and his stripper wife. You you know, you, they're gonna be like, yo, tell it to the judge, baby. And all that nice demeanor that they use, hey sir, can we please search your car? All that stuff goes away. That it's um turn around and put your hands in the car, sir. Turn around and put your hands on a car, sir. That's what you're going to be hearing. Here's another reason why you don't allow cop searches. If a cop wants to find something illegal to pressure you, they can and most likely will do that very easily. Don't don't help them. Oh, here's another reason. Cops are not good butlers. They're not good butlers. That's why they're police officers. They're not the type to clean up after themselves. Ever see a search in a house? Next time there's a search going on in your block, go check it out. They're, they're not like movers that carefully put stuff down and say, hey, let's put this back where it belongs. No, they break stuff in your house. They cut carpets. They they, and they leave it like that. They, they'll break your door down and then leave a cop outside just to make sure nobody gets in and then they'll leave it up to you to fix your door. So they're not good butlers. Even if you're innocent, your property will be thrown about with little care. If you surrender your rights on the street... You can't come back later and reclaim those rights in court. So if you give a cop, if you're trying to be Mr. Nice Guy and you're like, oh, they won't find the $25 bag of weed I have in the door. You know? They won't find that and they do find it and they bring you to court for it. Later on, you can't be like, eh, they searched my car and I didn't like it. The judge's going to be like, well, you know, is this you saying I consent? If you said you consent, every search becomes legal the minute you consent. You can't Bring that right back up later on. You can't. You're done. They're gone forever. Uh, all courts, all courts view consensual searches as legal, no matter what the circumstances. Don't be a fool, man. Here's, a, here's, my, here's another reason. If your property is damaged during the search, you may not get reimbursed, buddy. The cops uh throw your phone out the front seat of the car while they're searching frantically for that kilo of cocaine. And your phone breaks, the screen breaks. You're like, you go to a station, you're like, hey, man, can you uh, reimburse me for this so I don't have to, you know, buy me a new phone, bro? Did you consent to the search? Oh, so you told them that they could go through your car like scavengers, right? Well, I mean, that's what happens when you tell people they can go through your car. Have a nice day, sir. Have a nice day. That's what they're going to tell you. Don't you want to protect your property from being rifled through? If the cops visit your house, this is very important. The cops visit your house, no matter what story they tell you, you don't have to answer the door if they don't have a search warrant. They can see you through the window. And if they don't have a search warrant, they can keep knocking. They can get mad. They can call you names. They can call their backup. But without a search warrant, you're not to let them in your house. If you do choose to answer the door, if you want to be nice and say, say answer the door, Step outside the door and lock it behind you. Lock it behind you. Same thing if a cop asks you to step outside of your car. Nobody ever does this. They leave their windows open. and leave their car door open. Like a cop just won't j- jump in your car and start searching. They will. You know they will. They tell you to get out the car. Get out the car. Lock all the doors and close the door. Why not? Why wouldn't you? It's your car. You lock your door when you leave it, don't you? Let me tell you a quick story. I, I was that nice guy once. I was in law school. I was visiting a friend. And we were playing our music too loud. You know, I was at his house. Though, so I was like, yo, he can play his music as loud as he wants. I'm not going to get in trouble for it. But I was enjoying the rap. You know, old school rap. Yeah, I was getting down. We sitting in there. We supposed to be studying. But we listening to the music too loudly on a Friday afternoon. Cop comes to the door. Now, my buddy is a white boy. Very, very close to me. Chris. He knows who, he, who I'm talking about if he hears this, when he hears this. He told me explicitly, Jamal, don't don't open that door. Now, this dude was number one in the class of my law school. This is why the, part of the reason why I even graduated. So I was drug on the back of a friend, let me tell you. And he was like, Jamal, don't open that door. I was like, but Chris, we're in law school. We're, we're going to be lawyers, man. You know, I, I want to obey the law, respect. I'm from Harlem, I'm trying to do better now. He's like, Jamal, don't open the door, man. You know the rules. He went to the bathroom. You know me, I'm I'm the fool, right? I'm the dummy. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to open the door. I open the door. Black cop, right? He's like, yo, here's the ticket for you. I'm like, yo, this is, this is even my house. This is not my house, sir. They were like, well, you open the door. The cop actually told me, you open the door, you get the ticket, buddy. You have no idea how many headaches that ticket caused me. Um uh, it was like loud crowd disturbance or something, something crazy that the cop made up. Didn't even give me a warning. It was like I was like, yo, can't you just give me a warning? He was like, No. He was he was determined to give me this ticket with my name on it. Try to explain getting a ticket for you know, any misdemeanor while you're in law school trying to get a law license. It was crazy. All I had to do was not open the door. There's nothing nice about exposing yourself. There's nothing smart about exposing yourself. You're not helping the society By opening the door and getting a ticket that you don't deserve. So, you know, these are the reasons why you don't approve searches. You know, and if a cop asks you to step outside your car, you lock the car door. You don't leave yourself exposed. Commandment five. We may not be able to finish these. We got 15 minutes left, but it's okay because we'll continue. We're going to get up to 10 no matter what, even if we have to go into the next uh, show. But commandment five to survive police encounters don't rely on cops for your facts, people. Here's something you should know. Courts have consistently supported a cop's ability to lie to you to get an answer they want. They will lie to you about anything. The law, what evidence they had, what, their mother, what your mother told you to do. Oh, your mother called and told you to tell us the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. They, they will lie to you about what they tell the prosecutor. They'll lie to you about your rights. They'll lie to you about what they got you on camera doing. Cops are not your friends. They're not interrogating you in order to find ways to exonerate you. They will create any environment they can in order to get what they want out of you or get whatever story they want out of you. That's called a confession. All right? Confessions are very hard to beat down in court. If you confess, you're probably going to go to jail for what To confess to unless it's so ridiculous like, you, I, I stabbed the moon. But, you know, These are people looking for uh, criminals that have committed crimes, and if you foot the bill, then they have no problem with believing you. Commandment six to survive police encounters. Never, never run from the police. Now, this is a blanket rule. I realize that. I realize that if you're on death row and you, you escape and the cops are chasing you, why not run? Why not run, right? I get that. But most people... Most people aren't on death row and will never visit the death row chamber. The overwhelming majority of those who hear my voice say this will never visit death row. They won't be running for anything serious. They will run for something minor. Something minor that is made much, much more worse, much more serious in the act of running. Um, sometimes I watch police chases in California. They're interesting. you know. I'll get into that. Why well, I'm interested in police chases and death row. I'll get into that one day, but not today. What you find in the overwhelming cases of, of these people running from police is that they're running from minor things. Parole violations. Um, they missed the court date. Ridiculous stuff. And the act of running is giving them five years or ten years in jail. And by running, oh, let me just mention, since I'm, I mentioned death row, many people have ended up on death row for running. By killing a cop while they were running. A couple of people have hit a cop while the cop was trying to put down spike strips. I believe one guy went to death row because a police helicopter crashed and killed a cop while they were chasing him. That's your fault, too. You know, if you go to commit a crime with your homeboy and your homeboy gets killed in that crime, you're going to get charged with murder. Don't expose yourself by doing stupid stuff. You know. If you're gonna, if, 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 I always felt, my grandmother used to tell me this, this might not be the best advice for you young people, but I always felt that if you're going to go to jail, you might as well go to jail for something that you really tried that made sense. Don't be like, oh, let me rob this old lady for $5. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why do 20 years for that? You know what I'm saying? Why do 20 years for any amount of money, really? Okay, never run from the police. Commandment seven is a little different. It starts uh, with... It's a preventative medicine. It's called Don't Drive Drunk. Driving drunk not only has a chance of getting you killed, but it's one of the most punished violations in the land. Ever since uh, MAD, Moms Against Drunk Driving, ever since they came out, you can forget it, for drunk driving. It's done. It's done. It'll cost you tons of money. It'll make it hard for you to maintain your license. It's just bad news all around. The only... Upside to driving drunk, if there is one, is you got home. But now there are so many different options for getting home. There's Uber, there's Lyft, there's all types. Of, there's local driving services in New York. They have um, they have another one. I forget the sidecar or something like that. They cost nothing. There's so many different ways to get home. And drunk driving legitimately pisses cops off. I mean, if you look in the, uh, on the internet, Google this. Google uh. Judge gets caught drunk driving Cops catch judges and other cops Drunk driving and eat They take them right to the station man Nobody gets a break on that You do not want to deal With a bunch of pissed off cops While you're drunk This goes back to rule one Do not expose yourself Drunk Driving drunk is stupid In this day of Uber and Lyft It just is um, And there are even free car services there are free carver services that are set up in many cities that take people home that cannot drive. I think I need to give my voice a quick rest. You think we're good for this next uh break? Let's take a break. I have a, a song I want you to hear. New song by Ty Bless that you probably haven't heard freaking it. Let's do it. She be freaking it, be freaking on the dance floor. On the dance floor. On the dance floor. <laughs>
1: In the
0: crumpless act, wanna do my show where they make us and they pump my tracks. We gon' show you how. If you lame, you miss my style. If you game, you twist that now. What's my name, girl? Oh, baby, hit the where the players and the pimps be at Left you looking mean From Mercedes with them whips be at She don't have no fear Coming through Let's make it clear pop hop fool It's top yeah. see She the reason why I'm here She so damn fly She be freaking it Okay, not the dance floor oh, That's right Love the way she moves Come on. Come on. Just look at her
1: Just look at her go. go, 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 go. She be freaking it, okay, on the dance floor. Love the way she moves. Just look at her go, go, go. Just
0: look at her go, just look at her go, just look at her go. Let me smash, let me hit that, let me beat, let me get that, let me eat, let me lick that. Oh so sweet, oh that kick. Let me smash, let me hit that, let me. Be. Let me get that, let me eat, let me lick that, oh, so, so sweet, back, oh, that kick is good Come to on. me. She be freaking it, okay, on the dance floor, hey, seven love the way she
1: moves, just look
0: at her go, oh, 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 oh. Just, look just, look just look at her go, just look at
2: her go, that is my good friend Ty Blast with freaking it. It's a new song you probably haven't heard. We haven't played that here on WKND very much. Um, You can go online and check that out. I was supposed to be in that video. I went to work instead. Too bad for me. In any case, we're up to commandment eight. To survive police encounters. Um, And this is more of an afterthought, but this helps you in the future. My mic is a little hot. Um, Complain, people. Complain. I believe in complaints. I complain everywhere that I go that I don't get decent service. And I've gotten many rewards for being that way, peeps, including free plane tickets, favors from my bank, and other benefits. Complain. When you get bad service or when you're treated bad by an institution, complain. Complaining gets you far now in the days of the Internet. Complaining is the only real way to get better service from my perspective. If you're abused or harassed by police, you must file a report about it. It's your civic duty. The more this type of behavior is not held accountable, the more it will happen. I promise you that. In fact, what you find is that uh, cops never harass rich people because they have the means to protect themselves. Poor people have the means to protect themselves too with their voice, and they don't use it enough. In my opinion, that's why we have bulletproof glass on, on bodegas in poor neighborhoods. If you demanded to deal face-to-face with any businessman that you do business with, then that wouldn't happen you got to demand better from your public servants, and cops are public servants. I know they order you around and tell you to get off the sidewalk and tell you what to do and and speak nastily to you sometimes. There are good cops out there, too. But they're public servants. It's like it kills me with Trump. He gets up and rallies and uh, complains about his problems, how life is so unfair to him. Man, he's supposed to be a public servant. He's supposed to be talking about how your life is unfair. I digress. Complain. If you're mistreated or or talked bad by cops uh, or talked down to by cops, go and make a report at the station, man. Those reports mean something. You might be preventing the next guy from being harassed or or mistreated. And uh, we are at 1054. So I'm, uh, I'm glad I'm coming down to number nine. Commandment number nine to survive police encounters. Oh, back on complaining really quickly. In order to complain... It it means that you should have good evidence to support that complaint. So that means when things happen, you got to write down exactly what happened as quickly as you can. You got to try your best to remember badge numbers and names and locations. If you were injured, take pictures of documents, um, take pictures of everything that happened to you. uh, Save documents, save medical bills, anything to prove your story. The more you wait before you document what happened, the more you will forget. And the more you will forget, the more challenges you will have against your complaint. So, complain, and you got to write things down. You got to get witnesses together. You got to file your complaint as soon as you can after the incident occurs. These reports are read and they are important. Commandment nine is to avoid all domestic disputes. I got to run through this, I'm running out of time, but it's just like avoiding trucks if you want to survive a possible accident on the highway. I haven't done research on this, but I'm willing to bet that most people that get hurt by cops are involved in some type of domestic dispute that cops hate to mediate. You ask any cop, most high on their list of hated calls are domestic abuse citations or situations, so to speak. They can be dangerous and unpredictable and always involve strong emotions with the parties involved. Think about it. Would you like to be... The guy who makes your living by breaking up couple fights at bars with people who may or may not be armed. You don't know till you get there. But you know there's strong emotions. They may be armed. Hey, just show up. How would you feel about that? Cops are human. I wouldn't put them in situations like this. You've got to find a way to keep your domestic situations from being violent or abusive. You do not want the government exerting control over your household or your kids because of a lack of self-control, that will be a nightmare for you so you've got to control the situation before the government um, sees an interest to step in for if domestic situations are brewing like you need to seek help or remove yourself from the situation before it becomes a problem that's uh, that's if it becomes out of control then um, then it's out of control it's something that other people are going to have to handle and you won't like that. If you do that, you're putting your life in danger as far as I'm concerned with the police. Not to mention opening yourself up to a restraining order which stays in the books and makes you look bad to any employer if perhaps you want to have a job one day. Number 10. Commandment number 10 to survive police encounters, do not miss court dates. If you miss a court date for something as simple as a traffic ticket, you could easily be thrown in jail the minute you come across a cop who checks your ID. You cannot miss court court dates haphazardly if you do miss a court date something will be taken from you civilly or criminal court something will be taken from you if you miss a court date and it will be at the most inconvenient time possible if you miss a court date and get a warrant as a result any cop that comes across you must arrest you they cannot cut cut you some slack they cannot be a nice guy even if they wanted to If they check your ID with the station, they have to bring you in. You could be arrested while you're going to work or even at work. It won't be at a time convenient to you. So you must make your court dates or have a lawyer show up for you. I usually have some consumer consumer tips uh, to add, but it seems like we're running out of time. I hope you enjoyed today's show. This was the Ten Commandments of Surviving Police Encounters. Minimizing the damage to your reputation, to your freedom, to your wallet. You might want to pay attention to this advice. Don't get yourself shot. Don't be stupid. You are with the Jamal Show. Thanks for being with me today. You will see us next week. I will have a great topic for you then. Please join us. Jamal Show Radio. Write me. Uh, join us next week thank you so much for listening to Jamal Show this is Jamal C. Wright signing out
0: this is the Jamal Show down in Jamal C. Wright Jamal
1: Jamal C. Wright Jamal
0: this is the Jamal Show (laughs) this is the Jamal Show Jamal. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show.
1: Jamal Run Jamal. Jamal Run, Jamal.
0: This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. Jamal
1: Jamal 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 This
0: This is The Jamal Show This is The Jamal Show This is The Jamal
3: Show